Hello and welcome to the Sword of Things 23 of the Grove. It's your host Matt Lamb. Josh isn't here today because he had to work and I don't. So it's just me as far as Bear Wolf in the studio. But, you know, we're not going to let you guys down. So we have a fucking guest in the studio. He's a fucking new guy as far as uh, the Des Moines comedy scene goes. Not new, too new, but, you know, he's not too far in yet. He's, you know, up and comer. He's fucking good as shit. He beat me at a comedy competition, so he's now my nemesis for life. Uh, please welcome Cody Tiano. I was wondering what that crowbar was for. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. No, congratulations on that, by the way. Like that, well, You had a fucking killer set that night, dude. Thank you. Yeah, no, I knew to bring it because I was like, fuck, I'm going up against you. And so I knew you were going to fucking bring it. I was like, all right. I'm going to have to bring A-level shit first round. Oh, yeah. No, that was fucking... That was really tough. Like, I can, like I definitely can agree that, like, where like where the scores lied, like, it, it 100%, you, like, definitely had that. It seems like we uh, scored close both in that and uh, when we did Clash of the Comics. We were fairly close. Yeah, like... Well, uh, so what did you score in Clash? Uh, It was about 109, I believe. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if I wouldn't have fucking swore, though, my scores would have been... My score wouldn't have been as fucked. I, I scored zeros in, like, three for the languages. Oh, see, I scored, like, it was mostly threes and fours uh, for, like, all of my scores. And at one point, one of the judges gave me, like, a two for originality. Well. Because for uh, my piece, like, my very first piece about weight loss, uh, they said it was some other comics bit, which I'd never heard of. And, it, and in this business, it's just so fucking difficult to not accidentally copyright you mean someone. you don't know every you don't know every comics work by heart you know i've memorized about 97 percent of it but oh, it looks oh, like okay. they just well, slipped through the cracks see th- you know this is just a, a common newbie mistake you just you mm. need to know 100 percent of all comedy at all times oh see all right yeah. that's where i fucked up yeah, i need to you, make a note you, you of that you need to listen to everybody's you know especially people you don't know like that's the that's the kicker is people you've never heard of make sure that you go out of your way to find that shit youtube here i come i guess fuck no i hate that shit when people are like oh you ripped you you know you lifted that from this person it's like maybe we have the same like we could have the exact same joke but like don't tell me i stole it yeah like i I talked to matt jacobson about that and uh he was telling me he's like it's just barely close enough well then it's a different joke yeah well and like i've heard some like i've heard people like uh like and given it was literally his first time but uh, I went to a mic, er, and, like, a dude literally told a Bo Burnham joke, and I was like, mm-hmm. I literally, like, he's told, like, that's for sure not his joke, but I, I didn't want to call him out, because he was like, it's my first time, and it's like, well, I'm not going to come out to you and be like, hey, don't tell other people's jokes. There's but, there's some frat guy in Ames uh, that shows up, and he does, like, the he's been up multiple times, and I think he just does it to impress whatever girl he brings, and it's just all Carlin material oh, Jesus. or Facebook memes. But the funniest one uh, was at Lefty's when uh, you went up and did your soap dispenser joke. Oh, and then he immediately <laughs> did one like later in three the night. Sets. Later in the night, yeah, some guy just walks up, and he's he's actually a funny comic. I've heard him do it before, but it was like his second time up, and yeah, the first joke he tells is the same joke you told that night. It's I was like, motherfucker. And, <laughs> and my favorite part is, like, he didn't even tell it right because nobody else really, like, there was, like, kind of a laugh, but, like, whenever I tell it, it fucking snaps, and then, like, I heard somebody kind of, like, because I, like, caught the end of him telling it, and then everybody kind of looked at me like yep. I was going to do some shit, and I was like, I don't fucking care. Like, <laughs> he, like it's not a it's not a super original joke. It's a, <laughs> no, it's... It's it's a funny joke. It's not something you jump up on stage for and go, "You motherfucker!" Yeah, exactly. It's like you can, like we could both tell it, and like if he tries to pull some shit, be like, "Oh, that's my joke." I'll be like, "Well, actually, like 
I let's can, review the tape. Yeah, it's like, I will have a whole group of people telling you otherwise, but... <laughs> you have a bar full of people that are on your side. That's exactly it. And, like, even if it was a similar joke, it's just like, man, if we have a similar joke, like, don't tell the same joke. Just, like, tell it at another mic. Because not only that, because it's like, A, like, the person's going to hear it, and B, like, it's going to... Ha- and also, I mean, like, there's definitely been, t- like, it's impossible to be a comedian and not accidentally steal material. Like, when, like I think I was maybe... Uh, I don't know, like six, seven, eight months in, something like that, and uh, I accidentally, like, apparently, like, pretty close, stole a uh, Sam Hershock joke, mm. and like, and the, the, like, he reacted the best way possible. Is like, he just you know messages me like, hey, I've been doing that joke for a while, and I was like, oh shit, tight, and that's all it takes. Is like, it's not like you know you don't got to be accusatory, and that's he handled it literally exactly how it should be handled. It was the same thing uh, with a cu- a few weeks back with Jack Lewis uh, was my joke about uh being in the shower and using that to wipe my or to clean my ass. Yeah. Earlier in that day, Jack actually posted something on Facebook about having to wash his ass with his shower. Oh shit. And like and so I told uh that joke up on stage later in the day cuz I was trying to purge some of my old jokes saying, "All right, is this still going to work?" And Jack heard me and he commented on the post and tagged me and he's like, "Oh fuck, is this a bit of yours?" And I was like, Dude, I did it maybe once, maybe twice at an open mic, and I was like, "It's it's nothing I'm too worried about." Like I said, it, it's it's a common joke. Like, oh yeah, you run out of toilet paper, wash your ass yeah. in the shower. It was we both phrased it differently, and so if someone takes one of my jokes and kind of phrases it differently, I'm not gonna say you stole my joke. You made it your own. Either you took or... your creativity and made it your own. And the other thing too is like with it, like with something like that. It's like, you know, it's a common enough thing that, like, maybe even if you, like, you heard it and, you know, did it register and then, you know, somehow it ends up being the same thing. It's not like, you know, it's not super unique material where it's, like, only to you and then somebody comes along and is like, I like that and I want it. It's like, you'll, like, you'll tell something that, like, anybody, because that's kind of the thing with comedy is, like, for the most part, a lot of, you know, material is free range to almost anybody because it's just material. It's just observation. And, you know, it's not com- it directly related to them. Whereas, like, if somebody who wasn't gay started going up there and doing my gay bits, I'd be like, now, hey, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would def- I don't ever have any, like, material that is my own. I I definitely base everything off of my own experiences, like I said, because I am divorced. Right, yeah. And when I got divorced, I became pretty much a whore. <laughs> so I had a lot of weird experiences, like... When I talk about the girl bringing out like a blue rubber fist in the middle of sex, that shit happened. Yeah, and so and so I make these weird things part of my comedy, but I, it's something that someone could easily take and make it their own. Um, I love a Tommy Morgan Jr. has gone up on stage and he was gone for like two weeks, and he just goes. So I see I've been gone for two weeks, and there's uh two other fat hairy guys that have (laughs) gotten in the bar just so you know just so you know i'm aware of you and i'm watching you (laughs) (laughs) and i fucking lost it no yeah tommy is extreme like he's undeniable is Mm. i guess the like best way to phrase it is just he's funny anytime like he goes anywhere were you uh in mickey's when he went up on stage yeah the harmonica fucking crushed (laughs) he's like that's going to be my thing now. He's like, I'm now the harmonica comedian. I was like, please, please be the harmonica comedian. I think that's one of my favorite things is when somebody's just like, I'm going to just intentionally do some hacky shit because it's fun for me. Mm. And that's what I think what the most fun about it is like, he wasn't doing it because he's like, oh, this will be like some unique thing that, you know, it, it was just 100% like, 
this is fun for me. <laughs> yes. Is I think that's what makes comedy like when it makes the crowd laugh more is when you enjoy it more. If yes. the comedian is actually enjoying the joke he says and is laughing about it, the crowd definitely gets more enjoyment out of it rather than you're just kind of standing up there going, "All right, I've told this joke a million times and I'm yep. fucking tired of it." Well, then the crowd's going to be tired of it. And that's it's also like super fun. And that's why like literally only time will make you better. Because, like, when you're first starting out, like, you're fucking nervous. You're not really having fun. Like, you mm. are, but it's not the same kind of fun where you're like, oh, this is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm confident and I'm able to, like, you're not, you're not exactly able to, like, quote unquote, have fun on stage. Like, it's fun afterwards. You're like, man, I'm glad I did that and you enjoy it. But, like, w- like once you start to get, like, really comfortable and you're not nervous and you know your material and you know that, like, you're going to have fun with it, then it, it, it just compounds. It's like, oh, well, you know, not only is this, like, a fun joke. It's I'm telling it better because I'm having fun while I'm talking about it. Yeah, for sure. I know when I first got up on stage, I was definitely, I stood still. I would barely even reach out to grab the mic stand, and I would tell my jokes. And even still, when I first went up there, I did get a lot of laughs, and I killed it. That's the only reason I uh, stayed doing yep. comedy. It was uh, the reason I got up to do comedy. I'd want, I've wanted to do it, excuse me, I've wanted to do it for years and uh, my buddy, who's more nervous than I am, I saw him do, um, he's a musician, and him and his band went to some open mic bar and did their shit in front of a group of, like, they, there was no one under 50 at oh this no. bar, and he's a metal band. <laughs> <laughs> and and they went up there and did their songs, and they got an enormous applause. I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay, I'm doing comedy. And I told myself, I was like, if I go up there and I fucking kill it, or I get decent amount of laughs... I'm going to stick with doing comedy because it's what I want to do. But if I bomb, then that's it. I'm just going to go back to living my life. And I fucking killed it. And I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And even though the second time I went up, I fucking bombed. I was like, that first time killed. And so I'm going to keep doing this. And I'm going to keep writing and just keep doing open mics because I know I'm going to have shit shows. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is, like, usually, like, I mean, maybe, like, and I, you know, I've only been doing it for two years, so I'm not exactly, like, a fucking expert or anything, but I've noticed that, like, people who kind of show up and they're like, I'm doing this because I want to do it and not because, like, you know, oh, I'm doing this and that, you know, they bring all their fucking friends and then they're, like, they they come with more performance than jokes. Mm. Like, that kind of person that's like, oh, I've watched comedy specials, I know how people talk, so I'm going to just tell a story that I've told my friends a thousand times, but I'm going to tell it like this. I'm going to have a weird voice. Whoa, guys. And it's like... None of this is funny to us because we don't know you and you're not telling jokes. You're just saying a funny thing that happened. And like, sure, you know, story comedy, you know, is a thing. But like, you can't just tell a funny story. Like there has to like, you don't have to lie. You have to figure out where things hit and you can't just talk. The thing with comedy is, yeah, you can tell a funny story easily, but you're going to have to pepper in some things to keep the audience's attention. And that was the reason I bombed the second time, because the first time I had a bunch of really quick jokes and the second time I talked about a funny story that I told my friends a thousand times and it was uh I ended up having sex with a girl for two hours but it was completely unintentional because I had her bent over a dining room table and uh to make sure I lasted longer because it was like I was 16 there was no way (laughs) hell I was gonna be a beast in bed right to make myself last longer I looked through the threshold into the living room and I started watching TV and and I lost track of what I was doing and I was just trying to 
think of what the characters are saying in the TV, and I just hear her go, holy fuck, are you done yet? And I look at the time, and it's two hours later. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and so I and I tried to draw it out to make it to five minutes, and I told the story, and it just barely got anything. Yep. And so that stayed in my kind of quiver, uh, and I think I now have some ways to rewrite it. It's uh, I talked to that comedian that was from L.A. that came up to Ames. Uh, God, it was probably a month oh, back Novi? or two. No, not Novi. Uh, the guy from uh, the skinny one. I can't think of his name. Ah, shit. Um, trying to think of who else. Huh. But I yeah. but I talked to him, and uh, yeah, he's just don't throw away anything from if even if you have a terrible joke like that one, and where it works but it's way too drawn out. I now have stuff now that could work to lead to that, and I just shorten it up. I give the gist of that story contain it from five minutes to just a minute and a half to two minutes yep. and now it works yeah when you first start now like I've, I've never been able to do story com- like comedy like i don't even know like what style i would consider myself to be because it's like it's not necessarily one-liners and it's not really necessarily stories it's kind of like i don't know like, i wouldn't say like oh i'm my own style but it's like i i've literally tried to like see who i most resemble like comedy wise mm. and the, like the way the best way that I can describe it is I have this like it's kind of like a weird like triangle in my head where it's like and it, it doesn't necessarily matter like which sides they are but like the way that my triangle is is the three points are Bo Burnham, Mitch Hedberg, and Anthony Jeselnik. Not because I'm like oh like content or like you know whatever wise like you know I'm particularly like them. It's just it's like when I try to emulate some of my way that I'm speaking or some of my jokes, it's like all right well this joke kind of is like if you know Mitch Hedberg and Anthony Jeselnik made this joke. So that's kind of how I'm telling that. Or, like, you know, Barb Burnham and, you know, Mitch Hedberg told that or so on and so forth. And I kind of just look at this, like, triangle in my head of, like, with these three comedians that I would consider myself to be most like, even though, you know, that's, you know, maybe me being narcissistic. Yeah. But it's not necessarily that I'm like, oh, I'm not good. It's just, like, this, as far as style-wise goes, those things, like, they're th- – because those three don't seem very similar. Yeah, they're definitely different, especially Bo Burnham from all of them. Yeah. And – with his music but he does go and tell actual jokes in between the songs and he does have his own style where he is his is a lot of self-deprecation yep and then uh anthony jeselnik is just him being an asshole which he makes it work exactly it uh tommy tommy morgan jr kind of does that as well where he's just an ass and he makes it work which it's it's, nothing against tommy i like him and things like that but that was definitely his his thing is he'll go and he'll just rag on people it's a self-awareness, I think, is the thing. Is, And when they say, like, oh, any, how do you find your voice? And it's like, who do you think you are? Because, like, for the first while, you're probably not going to be him on stage or her. You're not going to be the person you think you are on stage. Mm. And then I started to realize, like, oh, like, I, you know, maybe, like, it, maybe, you know, people looking at me wouldn't think the way that I think that I am. But if I'm going to be myself, because, you know, like, everybody kind of, you know, alters the way that they act around certain people because it's like, you know, you want to have the most positive social reaction with people. Right. Because like, you're not, like, at least I do. Like, I'm not out here in the world trying to start fights or fucking get people mad. It's like, I'm going to tell people what they want to hear unless it's some, like, bonkers shit. Yeah. Like, if they're, like, an actual piece of shit, then, you know, I'm going to tell them to fuck off. But it's like, if it's just, you know, you know, small talk, you know, I'm going to say nice things. I'm going to compliment them. It's, you know, simple fucking shit. But when I'm on stage, it's like, I like to think, you know, I, I like to be a little bit more cocky because I think, you know, there's a fun part of being cocky, but I also like to be gross, and I, you know, I'm also a little bit of self-deprecating. But I, it's 
it's this i guess the self-awareness of it where it's like it's like i can make fun of myself but like say it as if it's something good Mm. like not like you know that fake like oh i don't realize that what i'm saying actually isn't something to be proud of like that kind of like fake right yeah that's what you're saying to me very funny because yeah it's you know it's it's there's something i i like contradictions in comedy i think that's definitely where comedy starts like where you have to get started is making fun of yourself and being self-aware about that and if you can't do that then you're not going to get very far which there's a few comedians out there i won't name names because this is going to sound bad (laughs) uh there's a lot of guys out there (coughs) where they they have the potential to be hilarious but they are so worried about how the audience will view them once they get off stage, yep. then they won't, or then they're not going to say these things that could potentially be hilarious. And so they're just so worried. There was at one point I had a, uh, a comic come to my open mic and uh, he was about to tell a self-deprecating joke and then he ruined it by at the end of it saying, I'm just kidding. I'm not like that or anything. Yep. It's, yeah. it's, you can't tell the joke, hit your line, and move on. Everybody knows this is it's performance art essentially. Yeah, like no like that's the thing is if you go to a comedy show and you think that the person on stage is telling the truth, you're a fucking idiot. Exactly. Like that's when people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't lie. like some like some people disagree that you shouldn't be dishonest on stage." And I'm like, "I disagree." Like I think that there's a there is room for honesty and honesty serves a purpose on stage, but being honest 100% like nobody's life is always funny. And like maybe you shouldn't make up, you know, I feel like story comedians or just, you know, people who use story jokes yeah i can see from their perspective like don't make up a story yeah, but like with me it's like obviously like you know when i you know i'm telling jokes about you know fucking you know fucking around with my family or something like that it's like yeah this is obviously kidding like i'm not yeah. i'm not actually sucking my dad's dick like right it's funny to talk about because like it's stupid like and that's that's my that's my aesthetic because i love stupid shit i think you can honestly like make up a conversation or something like that but the key to it being funny is lie but have just enough truth to make it relatable and believable yes like don't just you know don't just completely bullshit up there but like nobody expects you to be like telling like there was this one uh, comic i was talking to like i don't even remember his name but he was like he had some joke about uh how he got some new job and it was some cool new fun job and it was a fun like Obviously, I'm not going to tell the guy's joke, but it was a funny fucking joke. So I talked to him like, dude, that's a dope new job. He's like, I don't actually do that. Right. And I was like, dude, you, you fucking sold it. Like, yeah. I had no idea. And that to me is fine because it's like you made people laugh. That's the fucking point. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just like with uh, going back to my weight loss joke is like I, said, I lie about how I used to be 280 pounds three years ago. But I acknowledge that right out. I get my applause saying, oh, I lost all this weight everybody applauds and then i look at him and go no i'm just that's that's a straight up fucking lie <laughs> I, i'm just <laughs> fucking with you yeah and it was funny actually uh i had a few of my friends at funny bone and i told that joke and on, a couple of them were actually applauding going i don't remember him being that big <laughs> <laughs> and then i tell i say that's a straight up lie and they go oh well damn it <laughs> yeah i think and like one thing that i definitely have to say about you as far as like just from what I've noticed, because, again, uh, basically my way that I start, I mean, again, it is, you know, as a two-year comic, I have zero room to talk about almost fucking anything. You've got but, more experience than I do. I've but, only been at this for maybe six months. Exactly. And, but, like, by the, you've, like, 
I think that if you start going to open mics, you kind of realize like a lot of people don't really pay attention. Yes, that's so when people start sure. paying attention to you, then you're like, oh, okay, like now, like once you kind of start to hear like the comics laugh at you, then you're like, oh, okay, like maybe I'm figuring some shit out. But like, because mm. you'll always have a crowd, because I mean, at least at Lefties, like Lefties is a good spot, and like people at Lefties are great fucking crowd. Lefties is like. Lefties as a mic is fucking amazing because the crowd there is usually pretty fucking open. And if not, it's extremely fun because it kind of tests your grit to be like, all right, can I can I play it to a hard crowd? Yeah. And sometimes you fucking can't. I, I feel like Lefties is kind of up there with a little bit harder because it's a lot of comics. Yes. Uh, whereas well whereas a, uh, an open mic like Ames is a little bit easier because it's drunk college kids. Like my material hits probably most of 80% of the time with them because it's drunk college kids and it's a college town. And then you get a place like Java Joe's downtown where it's gotten so much better, oh, but it's, yeah. a, it's huge, a great fucking mic. And I definitely think it helps when it's a bigger crowd because usually when it's maybe eight to 10 people there, they'll kind of laugh. And when you're up on stage, you don't necessarily hear that. But with a big group, everybody's kind of laughing together. They go, oh, this guy's laughing. Yep. That was actually kind of funny. It's kind of like when you watch a movie, of, like a comedy movie, you'll kind of breathe a little bit heavier out of your nose when a joke hits. But if you're si sitting there with your friend, then it actually, you sit there and have to pause the movie and laugh about yep. it. Uh, there, there really is something, because like, if you fucking laugh by yourself, you're just batshit insane. Like, There's been times, there, there has been things that have made me laugh out loud alone. Oh, for sure. But like... You know, like, unless it's something, like, outrageously funny, you know, I'll watch a movie. Like, I watched fucking, uh, just because it was on Netflix and I hadn't seen it in a while, I watched fucking uh, Goldmember. Oh, God. Awesome Powers. <laughs> fucking, there was some parts where I would, like, I literally did just kind of have to stop and laugh because it was like, man, I, this was a fucking generation of just, like, let's just be stupid as often as we could, which, also, random fun fact, I was, uh, have you ever been to Lolly and Pops? It's that candy store in the mall. It sounds familiar. Uh, Which well, mall? The uh, the Jordan Creek. I think so. Yeah. I was fucking there yesterday, getting some candy or some shit, because you know I was gonna go see a movie, so I was getting you know I'm not gonna buy fucking movie theater candy. I'm gonna sneak some shit in my pants. Is that the one next to like the kids' playground area or whatever? Uh, no, on, no, no. On they the moved floor? No, no, no. They moved it. It's now oh, this they... like it's like a, not, I I almost said luxury. It's like a uh, boutique style uh, candy shop. Hmm. Where it's like they have, you know, a big selection of like scoop it yourself kind of stuff, but then they also have like fucking high quality, like five dollars a pop kind of truffles. I think I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. fucking dope. But hmm. uh, I was in there in the Austin, pa like whatever the song is called, the fucking like Austin Powers, like opening music started okay. playing, and yep. I'm in this fucking place just laughing to myself. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I look like a fucking psycho right now, just scooping candy in a candy shop, laughing alone. Fair. I mean, at least you're enjoying life. That's honestly, like, I don't know what happened. I think that, like, fucking, I, I got, like, fucking uh, rejected, like, real hard not mm. that long ago. And for some reason, like, kind of, like after I started kind of getting over it, I've just gotten way better at comedy, like, really quickly. And I and also just in general, like, I stopped giving up. Like, the other day, I fucking, went, I woke up to take a shower, no, no warm water. Mm. And I was like, fuck it. I just, you know, I smell fine. I got clean clothes and cologne. I don't really, like, whatever. Right. Went to work without a shower. Immediately, as soon as I get to work, I start to get yelling, yelled at by a manager who isn't my manager about, you know, how her team's falling behind. And I'm helping with this team. Mm. And, like, she's like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, just, you know, not really giving a shit because I was like, whatever. Like, I don't really give a shit. And then after work, I blow a fucking tire on the way home. Oh. And it's raining. So I put a fucking donut on my car in the rain. 
all this day, and I'm and like I got home and I was like, man, I had a really shitty day, and I also just don't really care. Fair. I I definitely it's it's the classic line: tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yep. And it definitely helped when I got divorced. I went through a very very dark place that I won't get into because it's not funny. And uh, but afterwards, like like I said, it's been two years since I've been divorced, and now I'm doing comedy and things like that. What I loved and what I've always wanted to do, and I use that pain from me being divorced and the shitty things that happened during the divorce and what happened afterwards, and I've made it funny. It tragedy definitely helps your overview of everything else because yeah, you have something shitty happen to you. And then something good happens, and it just makes it that much better, I believe. Oh, yeah. And then uh, it's just, eventually also, like, once enough shit happens to you, you kind of just, like, you're like, it, shit really can't get worse, so if I know what the worst is, and I know what the worst feels like, I can just not feel like that. I'm just going to choose to not feel like that. Exactly, yep. You shut off emotion, yep. and it just makes it that much better. And that was why I was a horrible person like in between where I am now and me being divorced because it was I was on pretty much every dating website and I would just tell I I was the piece of shit that led girls on and then as soon as I slept with them I'd fucking ghost them. Yeah. And a a couple of times like that was what they were looking for. I still remember um I I was hitting on a girl and she invited me out to camping uh she was having like some birthday party out at Jester Park and we all went camp we got trashed i was the only one that was over 21 oh no i was 23 and i start and i didn't realize this until i got there and i started drinking and i drink vodka mostly and so uh i pull up and i pull out the vo- uh, the bottle and she goes oh do you want something to mix that she turns to grab the cooler and turns back around and i've got the bottle on my lips i go you mix this <laughs> <laughs> but uh you fucking bitch and so and I and I ask her I'm like god everybody's kind of looking kind of young here and she's like oh yeah no there's nobody under 20 or everybody's like 20 and under I was like you've got to be fucking kidding me I was like I'm the one getting arrested if the park ranger shows up oh jesus and uh but the the greatest part about it I was hitting on her the whole time I'd go up and I'd and I'm trashed at this point because I'm 3 fourths of the way through a big it was one of the big bottles of vodka and i'm three quarters of the way through that and i have a high alcohol tolerance but you drink that much vodka you're gonna be drunk no matter what (laughs) yeah and so i'm i'm just fucking with her and i'm trying to uh help her drink and things like that which sounds rapey (laughs) sounds rapey as hell it was her own drink she had in her hands like let me make that clear to you audience (laughs) she poured it her damn self (laughs) and i didn't touch it and uh and eventually she just started to ignore me and two chicks came up that were 28 and within like and they were friends of hers that she invited out and by the time we were sitting around the fire it was like 10 o'clock at night one of the 28 year olds came up and was like you want to take a walk sure we get two miles from the campsite and we fuck in the woods oh hell yeah <laughs> and, and uh the best part about it was like i said this girl ghosted me and we only had one tent and so there is eight of us in this tent and it's not one that's separated. We're all in the same area. Oh, damn. And I fucked her in the tent with everyone else again. Nice. <laughs> and Solid she, as hell. She gives me, a, like, the other girl gives me a glaring look, like, afterwards <laughs> and stuff like that. She's like, you're a piece of shit. I was like, I fucked your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking care. I got laid. You know what? Sometimes that's all it fucking takes. Oh, yeah. I, I'm very aware that I used to be, 
and still kind of am. I'm a horrible person, which my girl now has definitely made me a better person. But there's been shitty times. Like, I've had girls tell me, I'm really, I'm saving myself for marriage. Like, I'm not going to have sex till I get married. And I go, well, I'm really just looking for my next marriage to be with a girl that really likes sex. (laughs) 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 And And shit like that. And it's just... Oh, it God! It's I was a horrible person, and I fucked anything with two legs and a pussy, and sometimes not even <laughs> that didn't even matter. The legs part. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> now for me, I just like I'm extremely picky, and I'm not. I don't like. I don't know. I I like lucked out. I don't have like a super high sex drive. For me, I'm like super into like. I'm more into the like relationship aspect, mm-hmm. but like, so I had. To, I was like talking to this fucking guy, and like he lived in a different state. And I was like, and he was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about long distance. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I get it. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, he's like, I'm so busy right now and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, just, I think we should continue to try to be friends. And I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I'm down to still be friends. And then, like, from that day, still haven't fucking heard a word from him. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I fucking hate you now. <laughs> oh, like, I like, because I basically told him, like, hey, I got feelings for you. Like, you know, let's, because, like, we've been talking for, like, four fucking months. Right. Or maybe not four, like, three. Like, a solid amount of time. We're enough for, like, maybe being like, Hey, I got feeling for you. Like, you know, I understand you're a different state, but like, what the fuck is up? Cause like, I'm in no rush, but like, I want to at least know like what the fuck's going on with this. And he's like, Oh, I kind of got feelings for you too. But uh, you know, I'm so busy and I'm like, Oh, I get it. You know, no worries. We don't uh. have to like, convict it. And then <laughs> the next, just never again. And I've messaged him like, you know, cause I messaged him like the next day that, you know, just trying to keep, I'm like, Oh, we're still friends. Like I'll just continue to talk to him. <laughs> Fucking doesn't talk to me the next day. I wait a week. So I'm like, all right, maybe he's weirded out. Message him the next week. All right, still nothing. Next week, nothing. Oh. I wait three weeks before I'm like, are we still good? Then nothing. Mm. Fucking, I hit him up, like, I think the last time, like, th- three weeks ago. And I was like, yo, like, I don't know what the fuck I said. But, like, it, you know, let me know if we're still good. Otherwise, I'm going to fucking, and then just he never responded. I'm like, all right, cool, fuck you too. Like, I hope you fucking burn in hell. Jeez. Sir, if you're out there listening to this podcast from one piece of shit to another, you fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I've full I've fully ghosted people, so I'm fully aware of when someone's a piece of shit and that person is a piece of shit. Oh yeah, no, and like <laughs> I, I'm just laughing because it's for me it's like, oh yeah, like I fucking I just felt stupid because like oh, I got a fucking, you know, I caught feelings for this fucking loser mm. and now it's like, oh well now I just know he's a fucking loser and I'm just gonna talk shit about him and when I get famous and he's, you know, fucking you know, thinking he's all hot shit, I'm gonna be like, Hey, Remember me, dumbass? Yeah. You could have been fucking rich. <laughs> and then you have sex with him and never talk to him again. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> fucking win him back and then be like, fucking. How does it feel, bitch? <laughs> I conquered you still. <laughs> now it's fucking revenge. Right. So yeah, fuck him. Oh, there's nothing better than a good old-fashioned hate fuck. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> like, that's you know, that's going to happen eventually, hopefully. That's, <laughs> that's my goal is to, you know, trick him into thinking that I give, you know, I've forgiven him once he, you know, realizes what a mistake he made. That's your goals in life when you get famous. Have sex with Joe Rogan and hate fuck all your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> the two things I fucking want most in life is to fucking accomplish the goal that I've set for myself <laughs> and enact revenge on everybody who's ever slighted me <laughs> with my cock. Yes. We will call you El Conquistador. Exactly. And then when I'm done, I'm like, all right, I can quit comedy and then I'll blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> Go out like a, a legend. Exactly. <laughs> I don't give a shit. That's my fucking goals. <laughs> Oh, fuck. So, uh, you said you kind of base yourself around, like, Bo Burnham, Mitch Hedberg, and Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah. Are those kind of your inspirations and things like that? Like, guys you kind of looked up to when you started comedy? Ah. Uh, like, who was... Honestly, not... E- like, as weird as it sounds, like, 
I wouldn't necessarily call them like insp- like for me it, like as weird as it, my inspirations are actually like uh blank like I really liked Blink One Eighty Two. I still do. They were like right. my, they were like one of my favorite bands. I start I've liked them since I was like eight years old, and uh, they have a live album where like in the middle of you know their songs they're joking around with each other. They're shooting this shit. You know they're being gross. They're being stupid. They're being immature. And, like, I mean, of course, as a kid, you're like, oh, this is hilarious. And then just, like, I kind of grew up, you know, like, idolizing these guys who, you know, they like, like their music wasn't – their music, obviously, you know, like, I'm not going to say, like, they were, had the greatest music of all time. They, they made fucking radio hits. But I, I liked all of their music because, you know, fucking – I was obsessed with them. Right. But I was obsessed with their stage presence and their aura and their, just their general energy. And that's what made me want to be, like, a stage performer. Hmm. So it was, like – I've never really looked at a comedian and been like, I want to be like you – I wanted to be like Blink-182. And then as soon as I realized, like, because originally, like, I wanted to be a musician was, like, my first goal. And then I realized, oh, uh, you have to be good at a <laughs> fucking instrument to do that. Ah, uh, yeah. So, that's, like. That's the that's the crutch of it. And you also have to find people to be in a band with you. True. And there's a lot of flaky people in the music world. Yeah, exactly. Like, I could never find, like, because so that's why I taught myself guitar. Mm. Because it was, like, I, I can at least, you know, play solo music. I can, you know, do my thing. And. I you know I taught myself how to play guitar not very well like obviously if you self taught if you don't if you if you don't know how to play guitar and you self teach yourself turns out you don't know how <laughs> to play guitar you can just you know play the way you play right but uh, I I did band and stuff and all that so like I knew music it's, right. it was mostly uh, the instrumentality is what threw me off like the notes and you know timing I had all that so that was what made it easy enough but as far as becoming a comedian. Uh, one of my buddies actually told me that he was trying to do stand-up because he wanted to be a writer for uh, Saturday Night Live. Like, mm. that was his kind of goal. Right. So he's like, oh, I'm trying to do stand-up. And I was like, oh, fuck, I should, you know, I'd, I I'd never, like, thought about being a comedian. I'd ne- I was never like, oh, I should, I, it was never, like, as like yeah, somebody wanted to be a musician. I wasn't like, oh, I should, you know, maybe try doing stand-up. It was just like, oh, I'm going to be a musician. And then he's like, oh, I'm trying stand-up. And I was like, maybe I'll give it a shot. So I wrote material for, like, a year or two. And then eventually I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go to an open mic. Right. So I Googled fucking open mics, found, uh, I think it was the last laugh when it was still around. It was like literally the last time that they were open. Oh, shit. I literally went there last night and did my, like, I did five minutes there. And then, like, they were like, oh, we're closing. And I was like, no fucking way. (laughs) Oh, fuck. So I ended up in some, like, next one that was, like, in, like, the back of some Chinese restaurant. Really? Yeah. It was in the, like, I don't even know what part of town, but it was. Like, here in. Uh, yeah, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, just in Des Moines. Huh. And there is that we did. There was an open mic in the back of a Chinese restaurant. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Morgan and Tommy O'Neill, uh, Zach Thompson, and a couple other, you know, a few other people were around when that was all going down. Right. So I did that, and then uh, Tommy Morgan told me about lefties, mm. and then fucking I just went to lefties every week. Hmm. And then I just was like, oh, cool. I guess I'm a fucking comedian now. <laughs> like, I think my first open mic was at lefties because. Yeah, I I uh after that thing with my buddy's band, I was like, okay, and I looked up on Facebook just trying to find open mics, and that's all I did. I went to Facebook and just searched open mic comedy, and Lefties was one of the first ones that popped up. And I was like, okay, it's going down Tuesday. And I fucking wrote material like that week and uh I'm a garbage man for my day job, and so I just drive around all day and that's I looked fucking insane because I'm just sitting there talking to myself, running my material <laughs> past as I'm driving down the fucking road. And uh, and I went up there, and yeah, I was so fucking nervous when I went up there and just did my material. And I, I don't usually bring my friends uh, to, like, my comedy because 
I feel like when you bring your friends and things like that, you definitely it helps because they laugh. But I also feel like it's more of a sympathy kind of thing. Yep. Like they're your friends; they're gonna laugh. If you can make a crowd of strangers laugh, then you, it's more of a boost. That's why, like, literally, like I've talked to so many comedians, and they're like, they like, especially a lot of the guys who've like you know been in the scene a while are always like, you can tell who's gonna stick around because it's the guys who show up and they don't have any of their friends with them exactly yeah you get these guys that bring like an entire group of people and yeah they get laughs but it's all that table because it's jokes and then their friend goes up and then they all leave together and it's like oh cool like you took up a shit ton of room didn't mm. laugh usually heckled yep and then left when they're when your friend was done exactly that's the other weird that's the other weird part about like when people bring their friends is like how often people in that fucking crowd of people want to heckle yeah and it's like who like nah like you don't heckle at an open mic like heckle at a show sure whatever because you're actually probably going to get shut down and like i mean obviously don't heckle because nobody here fun fact uh if you're a comedy fan and you think that you know heckling helps the show uh never does never never not once yeah unless the comedian addresses you don't fucking shout things out yes. there's only there's a few comics that can definitely just yeah. like josh novi he definitely he just he did that set in Ames where it was just all crowd work. Oh, yeah, because, like, th- nobody was listening to his material. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to make them pay attention to me. Exactly. And so, but if you go to an open mic to listen to comedy and you start heckling, you're a piece of shit. Because most of these guys, especially guys like me, is we're still out there and we have a set list. And I've gotten a little bit better at going off the cuff. But if somebody shouts things out, it you throw off the rhythm so fucking oh, much. Yeah. And, like, even people who, like, you know, have been doing it for years, they're still not excited when you're yelling at them. Exactly. Like, yeah, no, it's it's never fun. And the one uh, – there was some comic who posts a lot of his stuff on Facebook, and yeah. it's uh, a redheaded guy. I can't think of his name. I don't know. Uh, but he said something uh, in, some, in one of his videos, and it kind of – it made me laugh. It said uh, – the best heckler will still never be better than the worst stand-up comedian. It's you will true. always get shut down. Yes, especially because like every because not only that, but like even if a comedian, like even if you go to an open mic and you like maybe you crowd kill one fucking open mic comedian, there's gonna be another guy that's gonna come up and find you while he's on stage and fuck your life up. That's true. Yeah, you can easily shut me down and something like that. Like yell something out. And I've gotten a little bit better at ignoring the yeah, person that shouts things out. I, st- I just but, go for the ignoring route. But then you get a guy like Tommy Morgan who goes up on stage and he lives to just tear people apart. Oh, yeah. And he will – that's his bread and butter. You yell something out and he's going to <laughs> hes going to have a, an actual fucking joke about it. Which, like, it's funny because it's like – watching him do that but it's also like i know how much it fucking bothers him that he's like yeah he's so good at it but it's like he's still just like i don't want to f- like i want to do my jokes exactly yeah yeah the comics that go up there want to do the material they've been practicing all fucking week for or yeah just been working for so fucking long they don't want to sit there and yeah they may get a laugh when they shut down a heckler but you also killed a minute of the five minutes yeah. that he's up there and he now can't he now has to rush himself, and timing's gonna be thrown off. And exactly, yeah, you've just fucked everything. Yeah, because an open mic, like, 
an open mic is it, it is a performance, but it's all it's like fucking batting practice. Yeah. It's like you're not you're like yeah it's, it feels good to fucking crush, but the point of an open mic is to fucking you know is to commit things to memory and also to test things that are new. It's it's you're not up there you know you know like I mean unless you're a new comic in which case yeah if you're brand new and you know you're you know two three four you know a couple months in. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. gonna be wanting to do your best material because, for the most part, that's what you should be working on. Yeah. But if you're, you know, again, I'm, again, two years, not really a veteran by any fucking, you know, stand. But like, I know it works. I know it doesn't, for the most part. But if I'm trying new things, I'm not. I don't want to fucking interact with some rando in the fucking audience who's like, oh, it's like, yeah, cool, whatever. I, I'm talking. Like, yeah, that, and you're up on stage, and it's a little bit difficult to hear through a bar and everything like that. Yep. And the ones that I've found are the most pain in the ass hecklers, and I actually had to deal with him uh, recently. Was uh, the guys that are just starting out with comedy, or they think they want to just start with comedy, and they think they can heckle the comedians. Oh, that's so good. Because at one point, uh, he heckled me, and uh, I didn't really shut him down. I just kind of played off of him. Uh, I had some joke about how I can't talk dirty. He and uh, I even go basic with like the guy answer going, "Do you like that?" <laughs> and uh, and I ask like the ladies in the crowd if they've had a guy say that, and he shouts out, "I'm like, oh, so your boyfriend has said that a few times." <laughs> just a one-off, and it's it's not even an original joke or yeah. a decent fucking joke, but I just kind of played off it. And then he was third from last to go up, and he just oh he bombed hard, and that just made it funnier for me. <laughs> that's what my favorite part about it is like anybody that goes to an open mic thinking that they're gonna crush yeah it ju- they never do no i i go up on stage beforehand and like i said aims i know my stuff hits 80 percent of the time but i still do this when i go up to aims is just before i go up on stage and i think you and i talked about this uh with perry uh at lefties just before i go on stage my mental state is i will put myself down hard like I'm like, I'm fully prepared to bomb every single joke yep. and have nobody laugh. And then as soon as I get up there, when I get that first joke, it boosts my ego a little bit. But I'm like, all right, that, that was just one joke. You've still got fucking four minutes and 30 seconds to fucking get these people to laugh, and there's no guarantee. What's fucking slippery for me is, like, I'm starting to hit the point where it's like, I'm not fucking, you know, a killer by any means, but, like, I, like I'm, in, I'm enough in that, like, I know that I can get laughs. Like I like I am confident enough to know that I'm funny. Is the best way to put it. Like I'm right. not a fucking killer, but I'm confident enough to be like, yeah, I know I'm funny. You know what jokes will hit. So when like uh like like you know, at Mickey's, my set, I feel like I did fucking like my set, you know, did pretty good. Oh, dude, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, like I had the full bar like paying attention and fucking laugh. and then I did the my set, my open mic set that you know, just shit I was working and got nothing right and like just coming off of the high of crushing and getting nothing man i slipped I like yeah. there was that part of me that was like i don't i gotta figure out how to work my way out and then i just didn't and i was like yeah fuck this this sucked and i just you know i walked off yeah sometimes you just got to take the l yeah, and you're and just I like did. all right it was like, yeah, but it, it didn't like once like i'm at to the point where it's like i can eat a bag of dicks on stage right get nothing and be like yeah I w-, like like not be like oh fuck the audience like you know like blah 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 i'll just be like yeah it wasn't funny and all right, I'll be funnier next time. Exactly, yeah. That's that's another uh, test to see if you're going to make it in the comedy world is if you can take a bomb and just go, all right, next show. Exactly. Cause you ha- dude, I remember when one of the first, like I was maybe four months in, I got booed. 
really? At lefties. Somebody booed me. Oh, fuck. And, like, I thought that that would crush me. Right. But, like, I just got hungry. Because <laughs> it was literally, like, I, I, got, I wasn't mad at them. I was, because, it, like, it was at the point where, like, I wasn't mad at the audience. I wasn't mad at, you know, the person who booed me. I was mad at myself because I was, like, mm. if I'm bad enough to get booed, I have to give better. And I just, yes. and then from that point, I, like, that was my kind of my, like, shift moment where I was, like, mm. I don't give a fuck personally how bad i do now now that i know that like you know it kind of like it like grounded me a little bit where it's like oh the audience is a part of this right if they're not digging my shit then i'm doing my job wrong they're not wrong for not laughing i'm wrong for not making them laugh add that guy to the list you're gonna hate fuck (laughs) oh yeah no (laughs) he's on my fuck list yeah i i definitely um fuck i lost my train of thought just fucking random oh yeah i know what i was gonna say okay I feel like like I haven't gotten booed yet. I'm again, I'm fully aware that I will probably get booed, but uh there was a comedian talking on a radio show. He was talking about a bad show we had, and this I feel like would almost hit worse than being booed. He went up on stage and it was when he was like first starting out and he was an opening act and uh he did his material and he hit one of the punchlines and it got nothing. And then from the very back of the fucking uh, place, I forget where the fuck they were, from the very back of the comedy club, he just hears, wow. Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like that would hurt so much more than getting booed, just hearing dead silence, and then a random guy in back going, wow. That, oof, oh, that would hurt. Yes. That being said, there has been some people at Lefties, I don't even remember his name, but there was this, like, my my favorite type of people, my favorite type of bombs, because you know you see, you see a fucking thousand mm-hmm. once you become a fucking you know person who consistently is hitting open mics. You, you know, right. you see how many fucking many of them. Yeah. My favorite one that I've seen was is it my favorite type at least is guys who think that like, oh, I'm gonna be the next Jesselnik, so I'm gonna tell dark jokes. Oh god. And then they don't have dark jokes. They just go on stage and say fucked up shit. Yep. <laughs> and then literally there's no groans or anything. The audience is just pitch Stunned silent. silence. And it's so funny because you can watch them squirm because they're expecting like, oh, or like some sort of like reaction. Any sort of reaction. Yeah. Which because like if you're a shock value comic, any reaction is, you know, so it's something. Yes. Because like I've told some jokes. Like I have that one joke that I tell now where like I, like I expect people to groan. And mm. like it's fun for me because it's like it, weirdly enough. It's get it, it'll go from like a like a weird laugh to like a groan to, and then like a weird like applause. Yeah, it's happened several times, and I'm like I I don't understand <laughs> like what's happening with this joke. Like this isn't one of my crushers, but like right. for some reason it's really it's hitting hard every time. Huh? But like if I were to tell that and get nothing, it would feel like somebody fucking like dropped an eel down my throat. Like right. that feeling of getting not like. When you think that you're telling something that, and then you're waiting for that reaction and then you just get nothing, yep. it's like it's like slipping on a fucking banana peel. Like you get so off balance. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, fuck, I, I've definitely had some like, and that's another thing uh, for comics starting out is, it's so diff. Like, do not when you're first starting out, do not fucking expect like plan for laugh times. Oh yeah, no, good not. <laughs> do five minutes of. 100% material. Do not pause for, quote, laugh breaks because there's no guarantee any joke will hit as hard as you expect it to. And if you do get laughs, just cut something. Just yep. like, because 
I promise if you're getting a laugh that, you know, the one joke that you wanted to tell that now you have to speed up because you weren't expecting a laugh, just drop it. Yep. Or just drop a different one. Like, if there's one you really want to tell, tell that one. But, like, if you're having to cut jokes because people are laughing, just don't speed up. Because pacing is one thing that I struggled with very hard, literally and figuratively. I would pace back and forth on the stage, and that was one of the first notes that anyone ever gave me. Like, across the board, several excuse me, several people were like, you got to stop back walking back and forth like a fucking maniac. See, I've, I, I've started to realize I've started to pace. Where I would stand still and just kind of grab the mic stand, I've started to pace a little bit, and it's I don't fully know what to do because one of the other notes I got uh, from the class, uh, the clash was uh, my stage presence is I looked super fucking nervous, and I didn't I I was nervous as hell, but I thought I was disguising it, but yeah I just and I feel like I've gotten better, but yeah uh, the past few mics I've started to kind of walk the stage a little bit. Yeah, that's like once you, you're you're definitely getting to that point where it's like, all right, you're figuring out your material, you and like you're, you know, you seem to be self-aware enough to know that like, all right, you're not a fucking crusher yet, but like you have you have work you have a workable five minutes that you know you can go on stage and at least be entertaining for five minutes, and you can right. start to focus on other shit other than your jokes, and you can start to be like, all right, you know, maybe I'm gonna move over here, stand over here for a minute, you know, I'm gonna move over here, you, like you can start to focus on the perf- like you can start to focus on the performance more than just the jokes. Uh, there was definitely something that uh, caused me to realize that. It was, uh, and there was no reason I deserved this at all. Uh, and it was at Mistress Brewing, I got that headlining gig right. where I had you open for me. And, I mean, you were there. There was my friends showed up, so like four or five people, and then the comedians, and then there was like a group of like six like older folks. And they left before I even went on stage. Oh no! Like you took off uh, early to get uh, to leave, or make sure you didn't get caught in the blizzard. Yeah. But Dan uh, Umpton, my co-headliner, uh, he went up on stage, and then as soon as he got off, they left. Oh fuck! And so I went up there, and I was just doing my material for the uh, the people at the bar, and you guys, or like the comedians and my friends, and it was definitely uh, kind of essentially come to Jesus moment where I was like. I didn't deserve this whatsoever. There was no good reason why I should be headlining a fucking show. And it was only because I opened for a Chowdown. It was probably uh, the improv group like two months or more before that. Right. And I got to know the event coordinator who became the main event coordinator. And I was like, I want to do a comedy show. And she's like, okay. I was like, oh, fuck, really? She said, yeah. I was like, all right. Uh, she's like, get your lineup. And... I was like, can I headline? Because I was, you know, still starting out and ignorant going, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm going to headline a show. <laughs> yep. And yeah, and then that happened. I was like, I don't deserve any of this. Like, and I knew, I knew I had to get a good lineup. So I had you, Bulver, Umthin, and Jacobson. Yeah, fucking solid lineup for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was like, I have to get these guys. These guys are fucking hilarious. I've, I've seen all your guys' material at clubs. And I was like, yep. These are the guys I'm going to get because I, I'm pretty sure I'm funny, but I need to have a good lineup right, right, to right. definitely start things out. And, yeah, I knew for sure. I was like, all right, all these guys are fucking funnier than I am. And I did maybe – I didn't even do the full 30. Oh, Jesus, you were doing 30? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did, oh, a, I did a full Jesus, 30. bud. Yeah, no. Uh, I won't even do 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did – 
And oh fuck! I thought maybe you were doing like a fifteen-minute headliner spot, no. and I was like, "All right, that's not horrible." Both Dan and I did a thirty. Ouch, bud. Yeah, and so, and I could have went the full thirty, but I cut myself at twenty because, like I said, it was my friends, and the I I looked outside and there was the blizzard hitting. Dude, I was like, "All right, I don't deserve this." I won't even do thirty. Oof! Yeah, it was rough, and I've gotten a little bit more material to where I could possibly, but even still, uh. My open mic, uh, where it, not many people show up, and so like I'll tell comics like, oh, maybe five minutes, and then if it's four comics, I was like, all right, you guys go up, do like ten, something like that, like run material you just want to do. Yeah. And then I went up there and did a twenty-minute set, just to close out the night. But yeah, I there was no way, I, no good reason why I deserved a fucking thirty-minute set. <laughs> yeah, like. I think I'm at a point where I could do a, I could do a, a like relatively decent thirty, but like, man, it would be tough. Thirty is a thirty is a tough gig. Best case scenario, I'm a middle act. I'm fully aware I'm still an opening act. Oh yeah, no, dude, I'm, <laughs> dude, I would I would never ever even personally claim like oh I could never headline like, like I I host Beowulf shows, but that's just because like it's you know my fucking company. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck right. I want with it. But like hosting, I would still like I would host. 100 times before I'd ever consider fucking headlining. Oh, and, and hosting while you are up on stage a lot, like maybe not as much as a headliner. You As a host, yeah, you go up and do your material starting out maybe five minutes. Yep. And then you can just kind of play off of, you could just as easily play off of the previous comic or you can just go, okay, the next one going up. There's no, yep. there's not as much pressure as a headliner to where you go, you gotta, you, you I have it. to be funnier than everyone leading up to me. Yeah, that's what I like hosting because, well, I didn't like my my hosting set last time didn't go exactly as planned, but I think that that was because, like, my hosting, I've re- I'm realizing my hosting self is very not genuine. Mm. Like, it, it's very, like, you know, fucking, I guess, you know, as people put it, strip club DJ. <laughs> strip like, club I'm, DJ. I'm loud, I'm, you know, uh, coming to the stages. And yep. it's like, it's, you know, it's not real but it's, it's high energy but it, and at the same time it's like yeah you, you have to be exactly, when you host yeah. so that's why like i need to work on my hosting a little bit but i don't know yeah but, you uh, you cannot go up when you host you cannot go up on stage and just hey how you doing you guys ready for some comedy yeah, like <laughs> my my comedy which i was a little weird like i was a little like tripped out when they like when my well uh, on the score for um the competition that we did well my they rated my stage presence like right. the lowest on my sheet but see, part, and there was part of me that was like okay i can see where you're coming from but like i'm doing that very intentionally because of the like my material I, like exactly I'm, it's like i'm not standing in front of the mic not moving because oh i don't want to you know like it's i'm standing in front of the mic not moving because that's that works for me like, yeah i've done this over the course of two years and i've figured out walking holding the mic this is what works for me and like everybody needs to figure out what works for them exactly yeah i that's something judges kind of fail to realize. It's like, yeah, someone could just as easily walk the stage and kind of crouch down and talk to the crowd. Yeah. But if it works better for the material where you're just kind of standing there talking into the mic, like you and there's a couple other comics, uh, like uh, one-liner comics. Taubin. Taubin Alex yes. Taubin did, does not need to walk around the stage and, you know, no. do, like, standing in front of it and telling his jokes, he crushed yeah, that, like, and it, that worked for him. That's what adds to it. That's that I believe stage presence with that is he should score because that stage yeah. presence works for that material. It you cannot compare someone like 
like my stage presence compared to yours. Like yeah, it's distinctly my, different. Yeah, exactly. My stage presence, I've got to get out there. I talk with my hands a lot, but that's from Italian heritage. Right. <laughs> but uh, I I get out there and I yeah, move my hands a lot and I walk the stage, uh, where because that works. I I'm insulting myself. I'm kind of fluctuating my voice and things like that. Where you're kind of standing there going, yeah, I and you do self-deprecation as well. And, but it works better if you're just kind of standing there going, I'm awkward as shit. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing is, like, I've, like, I've had to realize, like, I am an awkward person. Like, yeah. I, like there are people, like, and, like, one of my favorite things at the open mics now is, like, because, like, I'm a handshaker. I've always been, like, that's one way for me to, like, kind of help myself remember people is if I shake their hand, I'm, I usually remember them a lot easier. Right. So, like, I'm very – but the problem is, is, like, when people started doing knuckles and started doing all sorts of shit and – I'll like notice somebody's like they'll come in with knuckles and I'll be coming in with a handshake and they'll switch to the shake and I'll switch to the knuckles uh, and yes. eventually and then like when that happens I make it intentionally as awkward as possible because <laughs> I'm always just like this already is fucked up I'm just gonna grab your hand with both hands <laughs> and then like maybe give you a hug too because it's like look this handshake got fucked up <laughs> so I'm gonna make this awkward for the both of you us. have to address it like if you don't address it, it makes it so much weirder. If exactly. you address the awkwardness, it kind of takes the wind out of the sails. Because like I'm like I'm a, like I was you know like one thing that I always wanted to do like I I prod- and I don't think that I have a great handshake, but that's kind of the one thing that I'm like look, you know I'm a comedian, but you know part like part of being a comedian is part of being a businessman. Right. Yeah, you got to know how to fucking do a handshake. Yeah. So I always you know I sh- I fucking shake everyone's hand like that's yeah. that's my fucking move. Even and it's also it's not great when I'm you know at fucking the bars and shit trying to you know flirt with people and i'm like hey what's up and i hit him with a fucking handshake <laughs> but like because i did that this fucking past weekend i went to uh the saddle right and uh my move is literally just like hang around try to make eye contact and then i kind of like if i can make direct eye contact and they're not directly talking to somebody i'm like i'm gonna walk over and shake their hand and start talking see you have way more confidence than i do and but I think it's also a a guy thing. Like when you go up and talk to a guy, is it's a little bit easier, and there's not as like guys are a little bit easier to go up and talk to. Oh yeah, that's what that like, like. That's why sometimes I wonder, like maybe I'm not even gay. I might just be lazy. <laughs> Fair enough. So, see, with me is uh, I look like a fucking psychopath in the bar. Like I have zero. Like even after I'd been a whore for a long time, I still have zero confidence out in public. <laughs> I'll go out in a bar and essentially. Hey, my way of hitting on a girl is staring at them from a distance, kind of looking at them like they just stole my car. Like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, There's another one. <laughs> now, for me, it's my, my move. And, like, it it kind of got it. Like, the, actually, the opposite happened this weekend. And it kind of worked for me was I was like, because, you know, my move is the, uh, especially at the saddle. The saddle is the easiest fucking place to work for me. Right. Obviously, because it's a gay bar. But also, like, there's two gay bars. There's the the garden and the saddle. I do very very. There's poorly. also lime lounge. Is it, lime lounge a gay bar? Yeah, I think it's more lesbian though. Oh shit! I had no idea. Yeah, I've never been. Because I had a a girl that was living with me for a while and she was bisexual and she'd hit up lime lounge all the time. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, oh shit! Maybe I'll have to check it out. All I know is I have very good luck at the saddle, but that's because the saddle Fair. the saddle is a meat market. Like, what's the one that has all the drag shows? That's the garden. Okay. I do very badly at the garden. I actually like the fucking. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're ever at the garden and you just want to hook up with 
are, are you into older guys? I don't mean to be insensitive. No, that's literally my type is old, like older the, guys. The owner, honestly, like because uh, my buddy who's a musician, uh, he they him and his girlfriend know the owners of the garden. Super nice guy, but him and his uh, boyfriend are very very open. And when they get drunk, the the boyfriend especially gets drunk. But their thing is like the boyfriend will go around and kind of like just chat with people and then the owner comes up and they their thing is they pick people up from the, solid yeah so the boyfriend will go around and kind of like check people out and start talking with them get the feel for people and then the owner comes up and starts making friends and he's the owner of the bar solid so as the, hell and they just start getting drinks and yeah they take the person home and have a fucking three way fuck yeah <laughs> so there you go <laughs> I'm about that life now for me the saddle is like which hey. I almost got thrown into. It. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I like I was there with uh, my buddy, the musician, his girlfriend, and my girlfriend because girls are a lot more comfortable at gay bars as well. It's true. That's why there's a lot of them there usually. And gay bars are actually more fun. They are um, so much more fun. It's it yeah. With regular bars, everybody's there to either a get drunk or b get laid, and nobody's and it's all so much fucking tension, dude. Yeah, with dude, like sexual tension and guys just ready to fight with a gay bar. They're just ready to fucking have fun. Exactly. It's just more entertaining. That's the thing is, like, if you're trying to just go to a bar, get drunk, and have a good time, the saddle's a great spot because their drinks (laughs) are super strong. And obviously, like, don't go to a fucking gay bar if you're homophobic. But, like, because I I went with Josh. Mm -hmm. Like, Josh isn't gay. So, like, fucking people are, you know, trying to hit on him. And he's like, oh, no, I actually have a girlfriend. And, like, eventually, like, you tell it to enough people that eventually, like, there's kind of, like people start to realize like oh no he's straight don't talk to him but like you will get hit on at a gay bar if you go and you're a guy like oh dude i think it's more of a compliment oh yeah and i i even have a joke about it i think gay guys have a higher standard than women (laughs) and my and my best example is me i've had sex with way of so many women i've only had sex with one guy oh shit myself oh (laughs) i was like (laughs) i gotta tell oh damn we have to talk about this i've got to tell you i'm not a fan (laughs) i was selfish i only took care of my needs and i fell asleep immediately afterwards oh jesus (laughs) But uh, but I was at the the garden and uh, the owner's boyfriend was hitting on me because and I definitely get my sense of humor and my personality from my dad. I will talk to fucking anybody Same. and I don't give a fuck like and it's I'm polite and what so shitty, much farther in life. Than what shitty else. is most girls don't realize being polite is not them hitting on like I, I hardly yes. ever hit on someone. I'll just be polite. And if something becomes of it then something becomes of it. But I've never really hit on people because I know I suck at it. <laughs> and, and I was <laughs> spitting some game this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, spit. <laughs> no, dude, I was – it was bad. Like, I like if, I, if I'm drunk and I'm confident, I will say some shit that I have no business saying. Like, okay. I don't recall anything, but I just remember, like, I – was talk like I'm talking to Josh and you know I'm shooting the shit outside mm-hmm. and eventually you know so, like somebody kind of calls me over and I'm like all right let's see what's up with this and it's just like you know like an old white haired fuck which I mean you know yeah kind of like older guys so I'm like all right let's see what the fuck's going on here right and fucking I'm just start spitting game at this dude just like <laughs> well because I'm like once once I realize that somebody's interested in me uh-huh. I can just be a shithead oh fuck but not like mean but just like you know that like like fake confidence that i like you know yep. like you know, i'll do a little i'll you know do a little bit of crowd work on them right we're like they're like oh you're so cute and i'm like yeah i fucking know 
Like, oh fuck! Just shit like that. Where <laughs> Your ego gets boosted. Oh yeah. Way up. Well, yeah. They're, they're like, oh, like you know, I really like that shirt. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I fucking picked it out. Like, <laughs> oh god, oh, you're like, that guy. Oh no, it, I turn into that guy so hard. But then uh, I kind of like, I give him that like kind of like eye contact and smirk. Like, obviously, I'm fucking around, but like, challenge me a little bit. Right. Like, like talk down to me. It's <laughs> like if you like if you like if you're trying to get with me, don't flutter my ego. Cause then I'm gonna fuck off. And, yeah. You know I'm gonna be ego high. I'm gonna go talk to somebody else. Right. Talk some shit to me. Make me like make me work to impress you after you've complimented me. Play hard to get. Exactly. Not even not necessarily hard to get, but like, don't just keep feeding my ego. Like, right. Kind of be like, oh, you're real full of yourself, huh? Like, and then I'll be like, oh, fucking course I am. Like, hmm. I I had one. Uh, I was at I think it was Lime Lounge. Uh, it may have been the Saddle. Uh, which I don't know. Does one of them do karaoke? Uh, every now and I know uh, the Lime Lounge. My all I know is uh, the Saddle does some like it, some drag shows. It was a it was a gay it was a gay bar uh in that area between Lime and Saddle, and they were doing karaoke. Uh, and I was with my uh, a girl that lived with me, and uh, and she had a she was meeting a f- some friends there, and I was like, all right, I'll go and get drunk. I had uh we were I- uh, we were out back smoking. And uh, one of the one of her friends comes up, and like I said, I will fuck with anybody. I don't give a fuck who you are if we just met. And uh, I made the joke. I said, I think it's funny that whoever, like anyone that does karaoke at a bar, cannot fucking sing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the guy just immediate, like I felt fucking tension immediately. Oof. And he goes, I'll have you know, uh, I did American Idol. I was like, what? I was like, really? He's like, <laughs> and the, everybody does. He's like, uh, well, I didn't make it past the first round. <laughs> I was like, oh, so you got about as far in American Idol as I did, and I didn't even fucking do oh, it. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, he he tried out for American Idol. They didn't accept him whatsoever, but he's like, I did American Idol. But yeah, anybody I didn't, can. I didn't get anywhere. I was like, oh, so you got as far in American Idol as I did, and I didn't even try. <laughs> Fuck. And he hated me the rest of the night, but I didn't fucking care. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. For me, like... I think that when I'm drunk and like, I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know what it is. Once I get to a certain level of drunk and I get enough attention, right? I just turn into the like, cockiest fucking like, mm. I turn into a prince. <laughs> like where I'm just like, all right, like you know, fucking, we'll see what you have to say. The weirdest thing, like like I said, I I hardly ever go up and talk to people if I'm trying to get myself laid. If I have a buddy and I'm trying to get him laid, I will talk to everybody. And hit on everybody trying to get him fucking like. Oh, dude, you're a good fucking wingman then. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, my. Because uh, well, that's we- the thing. If you're if you're a wingman, you can definitely like make a fool of yourself. Because then, as long you know, as long as your buddy looks better, you're than trying you. to make them look better. And yes. I almost got my ass kicked because oh, no. because it was St. Patrick's Day, and I don't even know where the hell we were. We were just bouncing around downtown. We hit up Hessen House. Oh fuck Slammed yeah. like three boots. Jesus. And hit like hit a few other bars, and we ended up in one where I don't even know where the hell we were. And this is how oblivious I am to people hitting on me, because I have zero self confidence, zero self esteem. Uh, I like uh, I was getting a drink, and some girl came up and like didn't have her card or like lost it. I was like, oh, I'll buy you a drink. I bought her a drink, Thanks. and she's like, thank you. And she kind of stuck around, and I'm just like, okay, where's my friends? <laughs> 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 and it just kind of walked up. Granted, I was trashed, but. And then uh, my buddy, I was trying. We were trying to get him laid uh, because I just wasn't in the mood. It, I think I I just gotten divorced, oh, true, so true, I true. so I wasn't planning on getting laid. So 
I go up and I start talking to this girl, saying, "Hey, what do you think of my buddy?" And so, or I don't even think I was trying to get her to have sex with him. I just wanted to boost my buddy's confidence and ask her what if my buddy looks good. And some six foot something guy who's like his waist was like as big as my leg. Oh Jesus! So skinny as hell, flat build hat. Twisted to the side. Uh, just a fucking wannabe gangster. Uh, he goes up and wraps his arm around. He's like, this is my fucking girl. Fuck off. I was like, dude, I'm just trying. And like, then her friend comes out of nowhere and gets in my face, flipping me off and screaming. She, he said, fuck off. I was like, all right, first of all, cunt, you listen here. <laughs> get, your, get your ass out of my damn face. I was like, and you, you wannabe piece of shit. I was like, I'm trying to have a fucking conversation. If I wanted to take your girl, she'd have been out in that alleyway sucking my cock in half a minute. Oh, damn. <laughs> and he almost lost it. And then my buddies, who are much bigger than me, <laughs> were like, all right, time to go. <laughs> and fucking drug me off. I was like, no, come on. I'm having a conversation. Dude, I fucking love it when guys try to pull that alpha shit. Especially, like, as a gay dude, like, I'm just, like... Like, I'm nice to women, obviously. Like, I'm not a piece of shit. Right. So, like, all, and, like, I, as a gay guy, I get along with women very well. Like, yeah. it's just an established fact that, like, gay dudes and women just are, like, like good friends. Right. So, like, it's happened to me several times where I'll just be, like, talking to a girl at a bar because, like, I'll compliment her shirt or something like that. And then some fucking guy would be like, yo, you hit on my girl. And it's, like, absolutely the opposite, <laughs> actually. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, I will fuck you instead. Because, like, I, I, it, it was mostly, like, when I were drinking Ames. Right. Because it would be, like, Oh, you know, fucking, it's a college town, so there's fucking frat bros and shit. And they're like, well, you hit on my girl? It's like, nah, but how you doing? Like, <laughs> like what's up? Oh, my God. That's, that takes the sails out, or the wind out of a guy's sails so hard. Is oh, yeah. The second you start hitting on them, like, they try to, they try to up their fucking alpha factor so much just to prove that they're not gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's it's so good because then they're like confused because they're like, am I still mad at you? Like, yeah, they're like, I, and they're like, I can't fight him because he's gay. And also, like, technically, he wasn't hitting on my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. now what do I do? Exactly. I'm just all angry. And then they just usually do, oh, fuck off. And then they just like walk away. And it's like, all right, cool. And and they usually take the girl with them. Of oh, yeah. Course. But then it's just like, whatever. Because heaven forbid she has fun. Oh, dude, like this happened. This happened to me at fucking zombie burger. We're not even drinking. Really? I was ordering food. And, like, the person who was, like, taking my order had, like, a really dope zombie burger shirt. Right. And, like, I hadn't seen that around before. Like, it wasn't just, like, a store one. Like, I think it was, like, like a custom or some shit. And I'm talking to her about it. I'm like, this is a dope fucking shirt. And right. all of a sudden, this fucking dude just starts talking shit to me. He's like, yo, are you, like, this, so like, so-and-so? Name some celebrity that, I ob- that I'm obviously not. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you, are, are you this celebrity? And I'm like no and he just starts like giving me like this weird like shit like you know when like when people would like talk shit to you in high school like like that weird like oh i'm better than you like oh you're, oh. I'm, you're too stupid to realize i'm making fun of you kind of stuff right where i'm just like oh bud you work at zombie burger like do you <laughs> want me to intellectually fuck your mouth right now because <laughs> i'm so much better than you <laughs> pause for a second go get me some french fries. that was exactly like, that was the kind of the vibe i was getting from this guy because you know he's like putting his arm around his girl kind of like talking shit to me and i'm like if I had nothing better to do, I would <laughs> destroy you in front of this whole restaurant, first of all. Second, your girlfriend's like a seven at best. <laughs> like, yes. Not to be a dick, but like that was like the two thoughts in my mind. I was like, she's not that hot. Like, I think that's the other benefit of being a gay guy. Is <laughs> you could just automatically put her down and you're just like, I'm not going to have sex with you anyway. Yeah, that was, <laughs> but that was my other thing too. It's like she, was, like she was super nice, but then there was a part of me that was like, oh, I'll insult you both. Like I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like Once you start attacking me, I'm a dick. And I'm going to be a dick. See, that's the thing with uh, straight guys is with that mindset. Had I been in that situation 
Like, you could easily say to him, like, dude, your girlfriend's a seven. <laughs> I wouldn't because I'm You're that. Still trying to there's think still well, something maybe. in my head going, she might sleep with me. <laughs> <laughs> because every straight guy has that in their head. Like, to this fucking day, when I order from Pizza Hut, there's this hot chick with fucking tattoos all over. I've never actual ha- actually had a conversation with her. It's just here, and and of course I tip the fucking pizza driver well. I usually tip like ten, oh, yeah. like ten bucks or oh, something damn, like that. Oh damn, you do tip well. Yeah, and so and I never had a conversation with her, but there's still in that hit that thing in the back of my mind going, oh, this guy ordering a large three topping <laughs> pizza with cinnamon rolls, cinnamon sticks, bread sticks, cheese sticks, <laughs> and all that. This guy, I'm not gonna make him pay. Oh hell yes, <laughs> but. It's never happened, but there's still that thing in a straight guy's mind going, I can't insult this girl because there's a very, very, very minimal chance that I'm going to have sex with her at some point. Nah, for me, it's so much, it's completely the opposite. Is I try to win the attention of hot dudes, and then as soon as I realize they're straight, I'm like, there's, maybe they're not. <laughs> like, I, I wonder a, if I can convince them. Like, may, like, I don't, that's the other problem too, is I'm, I'm not like a Ryan Gosling, but like, because right. there's, you know, how, you know, every guy, you know, they make that joke like, oh, you know, I have my one person and it's like, right. I'm definitely not that. Like, <laughs> right. I'm not that hot fuck. Yeah. It's, and yeah, it's, not, it's nothing like, like I have uh, two of my best friends. I've known them for 20 years and actually it's funny. Uh, and I know this is a podcast, but on my leg, I have Charizard, Charmander oh, yes. and Charmeleon. Fuck yes. And, uh. Those two guys have the other two starters. That's dope. We've known each other for 20 years, and it's one of those things where it's not that I act gay with them. Like, people say we're gay, but, it's like... like no, you're brothers, basically. Yeah, I, like, the the kids that are tattooed on my arm, those are one of my best friend's kids. Hell yeah. Yeah, all three of those. Like, the other one doesn't have kids. The other one, one of them's married and has kids. I've got them tattooed on my arm. That's how close we are. Yeah, no, I've, I've got friends. And, and at, <laughs> like, at one point... And uh, I just saw, like, this really, like, she was a four at best hitting on my hitting on my buddy at a bar. And I just go up and wrap my arms around him, grab his dick and kiss him on the cheek going, hey, babe, what's up? And that's just how close we are. I mean, sometimes you gotta. And it didn't phase him whatsoever. He's just like, hey, sweetheart, and kisses me on the cheek (laughs) just to get her to go away. (laughs) Dude, fucking sometimes you gotta. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's. That's how good of a wingman I am, is I will help them flock towards you or make them go away. Man, this is what I need fucking at the fucking <laughs> saddle. I need the opposite, though. <laughs> I need, like, a fucking tight girlfriend of mine to just roll in and fucking swoop when there's some fucking, like, just dinger talking to me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude, cause, I mean, it's not, like, it's so mean, but, like, I'll be fucking, like, you ever have somebody hit on you, like, that's, like, and you just get offended? All the time. <laughs> it's just, like. Man, you really thought like <laughs> you I thought like I was in your dick, league. Yeah, it's like I feel like such a dick saying that, but I'm like, because I'm not like crazy hot. Right. But there's been some times that I'm just like, fuck, like it, it like it dings my self esteem. You I'm still like, have a little bit of self confidence going. Yeah. I thought I could get better than you. Well, that was like, <laughs> that's exactly it. When somebody walks up to me and they got like fucking like, uh, and that's the thing is I don't give a shit. Like I guess my personal thing is is like, personal appearance for the most part can really be taken care of by proper grooming. Yes. Like you, 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 like if you know how to work, like you can have kind of a fucked up face, but like, and, and you know, some like it's never like a body thing for me. It's like when somebody's rolling in and they got like a shitty patchy beard and like acne and like maybe not even the acne part of it, but just like you can tell they don't fucking wash themselves correctly and their clothes kind of stink and they, right. it's like and you're talking to me. 
like me with a fucking like button up shirt on smelling like some fucking $60 cologne. Right. You thought you were in my league. Now your face could be fucking fine. But if you dress like a fucking bum and you look like one because your face is all fucking, you know, scuzzy. Fuck you doing talking to me. See, and this is the other thing. And I've heard a comic say this. This is not one of my jokes, but it's um, guys will stay like dress and do the exact same thing since the last time they got laid (laughs) because that's what got them laid. And to be honest, this how I look now was not how I looked just over two years ago my girlfriend shaped me to this and i mean grant my beard does not look good it definitely doesn't look good as as yours mine's like weird <laughs> my mu- my mustache quote unquote is like blonde just up under my chin here is gone there's no hair and yeah it's like patchy different it's brown red and blonde it looks weird as shit but if i shaved my face i'd look 12 years old that's my problem and that's why like i don't have like the greatest beard but, like, I've shaved my face before, and people have been like, actually, nah, you're better off with the patchy beard. I'm yeah, like, and, and yeah, that's exactly what I thought with that. And and even with my hair, how I have it now, uh, and this is terrible, for six years, six years, I shaved my head. No like, shit. Like, maybe a half inch to an inch in length. I just took clippers and did it myself for six years. I straight up shaved my head. And nobody said anything. No shit. <laughs> and and I looked like like my girlfriend says it now is I look like a white I looked like a white supremacist because oh, no. because the shaved head does not work for white guys like bald yes shaved no because it's definitely people's heads immediately go to American History X and things like that and. Uh, I, I make the joke, like, uh, I always wondered why every time I ended a conversation, somebody would say to me, all right, so we're good, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, we're cool, right? <laughs> like, you're not going to walk in here tomorrow with an assault rifle. See, I <laughs> I always just kind of fucking laugh as far as, like, my appearance goes. Because most people, like, they uh, a lot of people for some reason think that I'm, like, younger than I am. Right. Which I get. Like, I got car- – like, fucking dude, if I shave my face, I'll get carded for R-rated movies. I shit you not. Oh, straight up. Same it's here. fucking awful. But, like I said, I was at the fucking bar last night, and, like, like I said, I'm, in, I'm more into, like, the older type guys. So, like, I'm fucking, like, you know, trying – I'm talking to dudes that are, like, li- like literally, like, either, like, you know, mid to late 40s, early 50s, possibly late 50s. Right. Like, this one dude I was talking to just straight up had white hair. But, <laughs> like he, – but he, like, he didn't look like a shitty old man. He looked like an right. old man who took care of himself. And I'm like, see, that's – that's the shit I can deal with. Right. But they're literally talking to me. They're like, how fucking old are you? Oh, God. And I'm like, 25. And they're like, Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, he's worried if he sleeps with you, the FBI's going to kick down yeah, his fucking it's, door. It, it's just so funny. But, like, I can tell that they're like, like it, there's that little thrill. You know what I mean? Where it's like. He's like, I don't know. If, I didn't know Chris Hansen went to bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know what it is. It's like that, that tiny thrill of, like being the young dude who's showing interest in the old guy and they're like not sure if i'm actually genuinely interested or not so like right. there's that confusion but like they're still flirting yeah that's the shit it makes it just it boosts my ego yeah it's like for sure because they're trying and they mean it yeah. <laughs> oh for sure and and yeah older guys older guys definitely he uh like younger men or younger women yeah, yeah they just I, like people who look young i think it, it's actually kind of easier to hook up with older people than it oh, is dude, like 100%. people people our age especially like women because like i said yeah, i'm trying to get some fucking cougar in my life yeah <laughs> exactly like 
I I've hooked up like I said the the one girl that was 28 that we went camping. Oh, yeah. I've had sex with uh when I was probably 24 or something like that and uh and she was 38. Damn something son. like that and uh and yeah it was just easier for me to hook up with older women because they realize oh this guy's polite. I'm not worried about like the physical like that comes later. But right now, this guy's nice and sweet, and he's not a piece of shit like my ex-husband. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why, like, in that one joke that I have, I specifically say, like, I don't want the, like, mid to late 30s, I just got my first divorce, and I hate my husband cougars. Yeah. I want, like, <laughs> I want the fucking ones that are, you know, my son doesn't talk to me anymore kind of cougars. And that's a good kind of callback to uh, what we were saying with the stolen jokes thing. Like, you and I have similar jokes where we talk about dating cougars, essentially. You have that. And I have the one where it's I want to date uh, women with kids, divorced women yeah. with kids. It's, but it's like it's a, it's it's de- it's a wholeheartedly different joke. It's just the same present. Exactly. And like that's the thing is like you can joke about the same thing. Like th- there's people who are like, oh, you know, somebody tells this joke and I have a joke about that. And it's like, is it the same joke? Yeah. <laughs> you make it yours. Yeah. Like cougars are fucking prime territory. Like, oh, I think for sure. Fucking, I think Bulver has a joke about cougars. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, like, they're just because they're a great... But, like, I have an extremely unique perspective. You have a unique perspective. Like, as long as you have a unique perspective, you can talk about whatever you want. Exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah, you you have just enough... Like, just enough truth in it to make it relatable and funny. Exactly. It could be a straight-up lie, but there has to be some truth in it. Otherwise, nobody's going to fucking believe it. Yeah. And, and nobody cares if it's, like... If you lie a little bit, then it's like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, actually, like, we had just hit the hour. We didn't even get to talk about any ghost shit, so I'm about to have you on another time. Right? Yeah, I was like, holy, we've spent, what? yeah, we almost started a little, just yeah. a little after four, and, yeah, yeah we, j- we we've just been fucking t- gabbing. Yeah, talking about fucking stand-up and all our fun shit. Hell, yeah. Do you have anything coming up you're trying to plug? Um, Definitely uh, come out to Mistress Brewing in Ankeny. Uh, I do an open mic. Uh the last Sunday of every month. Uh, hopefully, if we can get some more people out there and doing that, we can get it more often uh, than just the last month. Hell yeah! And uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, just come to open mics and support comedians. Cause I mean, I don't have any shows or anything like that to do, but you'll always find me at an open mic. I try to make it to everyone I can. Fuck yeah, yeah. If you're in the area, fucking stand up comedy's popping. Fucking Des Moines and Cody Tiano is definitely on the rise. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right. And as always, thank you to our sponsors, in a sense, punandgame.com, as hosted by Mr. Wade and Nathan Taylor with podcasts such as Not Worth the Time, Who Gives a F, and Fun Pun Gaming, as well as my other podcast, Monster Jamboree, and of course, obviously, The Grove, but you already listened to that, so you've probably heard this a thousand times. So thank you, and make sure that you give those guys a shout out, because otherwise, The Grove or Monster Jamboree would probably not exist. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.